0: hello everyone welcome to what really works a mental health podcast for young adults and youth in these podcasts you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in what really works is brought to you by discovery college an initiative ran by the canadian mental health association Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do now let's get started with today's episode Hello, what really works, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. How are you doing, Olivia?
1: It's so smoky outside. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it's not great. No, it's not. We were thinking, or I was thinking about riding my bike to the podcast studio today, and I walked outside and was like, actually, I can't breathe. So I'm not <laughs> going to ride my bike today. Yeah, it's just a little uh, pandemic, a little apocalypse. Just to add on. So to I'm doing everything. great. Thanks. How are you doing? <laughs>
0: Doing great. I'm hoping everybody's enjoying my raspy voice from the smoke that's happening. Well, I feel like it sounds raspy. Maybe it doesn't. It's like,
1: is it smoke? Is it COVID? We don't know. I'm pretty sure it's smoke. Okay. Okay, good. Cause Safety I'm-
0: first. <laughs> All right. So today we are talking about going back to school.
1: We should do this scary sound effect. Dun, dun,
0: yeah, we'll go with that. <laughs> Um, Which is, yeah, it is a scary time anyway, going back to school. But with everything else that is going on for us, it is definitely, I would say, extra stressful. Whether that's going back to school or starting school, depending on what situation you're in. But there's definitely a lot of stress around that right now. So we kind of wanted to chat about that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, Becky, you always speak about stress in a really great way where you speak about it as this piling up of thing after thing after thing, and we have this pandemic that we're all going through. Um, I mean, we mentioned the fires, and then there's so much else that's on individuals' minds and families' lives, and now we add the stressor of going back to school, and sometimes it feels like all of those blocks might tip at any moment. So we wanted to bring on an absolutely wonderful guest. Uh, We have Cassie with us today. Hi, Cassie. Hi, how's
2: it going? Good, yeah. How are you doing? I'm good. Same with you guys, kind of dealing with the lovely smoke that's happening. So if my voice also sounds kind of like nice and raspy, <laughs> then that's that's also why.
1: We should just start um, like a jazz or blues group with Ooh. our raspy oh. voices.
2: Yeah. Perfect, <laughs> yes. Let's throw this podcast away and just start singing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea. Well,
1: I know, I feel like asking how people are during these times is... It's a little weird because, you know, you always have the, yeah, I feel good, I'm okay, I'm good, but are we all really good? I think we're all feeling a little bit less than good at this moment.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I think it's kind of weird to answer that question of, like, how are you doing? Because I think the immediate response is always to be, like, yeah, I'm I'm fine, I'm good. But then with everything going on, it's hard to not take a step back and be like, am I really, though? Are things really okay? (laughs) Yeah, kind of
0: like, I feel like we need to get better responding of,
1: um,
2: not feeling great
1: right now. So Cassie, do you want to introduce yourself for our listeners?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, um, like you guys said, my name is Cassie. I work for ARC programs and specifically I work within the middle schools here in Kelowna. So my official title is targeted prevention counselor. So I actually work with youth who like are kind of using substances in the range of low to moderate use or if they are substance affected so either they have friends or family who are using substances and it's causing them you know it's affecting them in some way so yeah that's that's what I do. And
0: uh, icebreaker question that we always love to ask our guests is what is your favorite fruit and why?
2: Oh man that's hard because I have a really big sweet tooth so I really I love fruit and just all things sweet kind of in general. But I think i probably have to say probably strawberries because my parents have this incredible huge strawberry patch and then they give me these fresh strawberries during the summer. And it's just amazing. Like nothing will ever beat that for me. That sounds great.
1: Cassie, where have you been my whole life? Where have your parents been? <laughs> I
2: need some of these fresh strawberries. Those sound great. Oh, yeah. Well they have like they get just buckets and buckets full, so I do not doubt they have some to spare.
1: <laughs> well send them my way. I'll get uh we'll we'll connect after after the podcast with with the yeah, well, strawberries. We'll, we'll get in
2: touch. Yeah. <laughs> All of my people call your people. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So your job—that sounds in—that sounds stressful, and also it sounds like you're doing a lot of really great work for the community and for our school system. But I can imagine that that would be your role in general would be affected by these additional stressors with COVID and just the additional stressors of you know going back to school under all of this uncertainty.
2: It's definitely not the easiest job, but I I really really enjoy it, and it's super super rewarding for me. But yeah, it's definitely my job has looked a lot different in the past, you know, since COVID started, you know, is, is looking different with going back to school, just with the new regulations. And I think that it's so important because we want to go back to school, but we really want it to be safe. But yeah, it's definitely looked a lot different. And I found that especially when COVID started, trying to just get a hold of my clients and figure out like navigating working from home. like it was you know it it was definitely a lot for sure
0: and it's really interesting what you're saying about the these new things that are being added and these changes and go like starting school or like going back to school every year I remember was like super stressful like the week before I was just thinking like oh god I gotta go back to school I've kind of got back into my own kind of swing of things of not having to be at school and then having to go Mm -hmm. back to a place where there's a lot of expectations a lot of rules all this stuff going on already for a young person Mm -hmm. right and then they're going back to school and then there's these new expectations right like what kind of things are people going to be managing
2: Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, like you said, I think there's already so much stress about just going back to school when times are normal because it's it's just like the all these little things where you're you're figuring out which classes are you in? Do you have friends in that class? Like maybe you haven't seen a lot of people over the course of summer? Like also, you haven't had to do schoolwork for a long time. And in this case, they've been doing online school, I think, since you know the end of spring break last year. So, for them, being in a classroom setting, it's been a long time. I think that many of them got used to that. or like, like the online school and many that it loved it. And so definitely a difficult navigating, like coming back to school and the dealing with all of the stuff that happened with online and being kind of at home in the springtime. And then now being back, but also, again, like you said, with all these extra you know, regulations for safety and all that, I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't imagine it's been easy for the school district either to figure out, you know, how this is going to work and how we are going to keep people safe. And so I think, you know, in addition to the general stress that we normally feel going back to school, there's all of that extra stuff like, am I going to be safe? And even if I'm safe, are my family members going to be safe? and trying to figure out like, okay, well, you know, when do I have to wear a mask? You make sure that I'm hand washing and sanitizing and all that extra stuff. So it definitely, you know, it definitely piles up. And I think we're expecting some higher anxiety levels for sure going back.
1: So how are you navigating that within your role? Um, all of these extra stressors and with the individuals that you're working with?
2: Well, I think at the end of the day, like it, it's tough because what we're all going through is something that I think makes us all feel quite powerless to some extent because there is only so much we can do during this time like we can do our our best to keep ourselves and our loved ones safe but we sort of just have to be okay with at some point sitting in this really you know uncomfortable and kind of scary place and so I think that for me with dealing with that anxiety it's a lot about You know, taking as much precaution as I can to make sure that I feel safe and to make sure that the youth that I'm seeing are going to feel safe seeing me as well. But then to some extent, it's like trying to just get to a place where I think I and then we can all just try to still live while this craziness is happening. And so getting to a place of acceptance is not easy, but I think it's kind of where we're trying to go.
1: You bring up a really, really great point and something that we have talked about a little bit, and it's um, this idea of a circle of control. So there's only so much that we can control within our own lives, um, and we really can't control anybody else. So we can control how... We take care of our own safety and whether we wear a mask, if we sanitize, who we see, but we can't really control the actions of others. And that's a really, really stressful thing. And it's something that, like you're mentioning, is kind of hard to accept and come to terms with. But I think that's really what we all are working on and will need to work on as schools open up and as we try to navigate this new situation that all of us are living in.
2: Yeah, because really at this point there is not a lot we can do, you know, aside from just looking after our own and our loved ones safety and those around us. And so I think there like the one thing that the school has done really good and one thing that I'm really trying to make sure that I'm discussing with my youth is to be answering questions and to be just having like really open conversations about, you know, why we are doing what we're doing. Because I think that the new the new regulations are not going to be easy and it's going to be you know on top of you know the normal school rules and school stuff this is just an added layer of you know there it's so important but it's the more stuff that the kids need to be thinking about and you know when there's already a lot of stress happening and I think that you know although this doesn't maybe entirely clear up the anxiety but it's so helpful to understand why we are doing what we're doing and how it's actually helpful and so just to have those open conversations but then I think there's a challenge because not everybody feels the same way about COVID like we have a lot of differing opinions and so it's a very challenging landscape to navigate right now but it's I think at least especially for youth it's important for us to try to help them understand why there are these extra rules right now
0: yeah I absolutely love that just the idea of like this is a conversation this isn't as just telling you what to mm-hmm. do because I even remember when I was at school and I'm always that person who's like scared of breaking rules even now like I <laughs> will not drive down the wrong way in a car park when I was at school yeah. I was very much like abide by the rules but even when that was my mindset there was a lot of times where I'd be questioning in my head like why on earth is this the rule like this seems like such a stupid rule like why are you making us follow this and I can imagine people having that those questions especially like you say when there's so many different opinions around covid and what's safe what's not safe and all these kind of different things so being able to actually have that conversation and say like why is there this restriction or is why is this a rule why is this an expectation and being open to discuss that is Gonna Uh help with anxiety, it's gonna help with stress, but it's also gonna help us with anger and frustration because when we don't fully understand why something's been imposed on us, I know I feel angry if somebody is like, you need to do this, but then doesn't tell me why. Whereas if I have Uh that understanding of like, well, this is the reason why we've made this decision. Let's Uh talk about that, then I'm gonna be able to manage my anger and frustration response to that expectation or rule a lot better than if I'm just told, well, that's just the way it is.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I think that's so—that's just so important right now because we're in such a time of uncertainty that I think for people to be as informed as possible and have there to be those open conversations is so much more important than it even is on a regular day. And I think it's been cool to see that the schools are really coming at all, like going back to school from a very sort of trauma-informed model and you know, I think everybody's dealing with their own anxieties, but it's it's cool to see them come at going back to school from this lens of, like, we're kind of going through a very collective traumatic experience right now, and that's going to look really different for everybody. And so school is just going to have to be different, and we kind of just have to meet each other where we are at and expect that there's going to be some heightened emotion for sure, but to come at it more with a sense of, like, you know, compassion and working to have a conversation and support and like and not come from a place of being upset that somebody is feeling angry Mm -hmm. and them being in trouble or something like that, but rather having a conversation as to okay, but why why are you feeling this way? And what can we do to help with that?
1: Yeah, recognizing that behavior and actions are associated for the most part with things that are going on in our lives rather than just a, it's never a conscious decision, right? To be angry or frustrated or scared. Um, And our emotions Mm -hmm. take over us in many ways, especially Mm -hmm. when we're young and when we're in a position that is new to us. And like you mentioned, a potentially traumatic position, those emotions are going to be heightened and probably coming to the surface a little bit easier. So recognizing that, you know, we all are doing the best that we can at most moments in the day, but, you know, maybe we're going to get to that place of heightened emotion a little bit quicker because of everything we're going through.
2: Yeah, and I think that goes for everybody, not just for the youth in the school, but for everybody who's working in the school, too. Because, yeah, I mean, there there's a lot of fear about going back, and I think that we're we're doing the absolute best that we can for safety and all that. But it's not an easy thing to do, for sure, given the whole, given the circumstances. And so, yeah, I think we just need to meet people where they're at.
1: So, Cassie, in those conversations that you are having with youth or with parents, what are some of the concerns around safety or around... Or maybe just the trends that you've noticed, if if you have noticed any in those conversations that you've been having or seeing other individuals have?
2: I mean, for the most part, like I think everybody that I worked with and kind of talked to, like safety is definitely the number one priority. So I think if there's been any anxiety or frustration from like kind of on the youth end, it's been because it hasn't been a discussion or been kind of explained and I think that once that happens that helps quite a bit however like in terms of kind of more general concerns like I said before a lot of people just feeling quite powerless and then the reactions to that are very different so like we see a lot of like you know fear and anxiety and then on the other hand there's also lots of anger especially from you know some of my younger youth who you know their parents have maybe been you know trying to moderate like how much time they get to see their friends and stuff like that like a lot of times the reaction to that is anger because you know we've been isolated for a while and so they want to see their friends but somebody who is preventing that and so you know when we're experiencing these negative emotions then i think there's also like this increased need for people to have their coping strategies and then because we're all also a little bit more isolated than we normally are right now, I think it's easy to kind of bend more towards our unhealthy coping strategies that sort of give us that immediate like satisfaction and that immediate anxiety relief because we just don't like to sit in negative emotion, which is totally fair. I don't think anybody really does.
1: And not only that, it can be... I think it's difficult for a lot of individuals to know what's going to make them feel better. Like, how do we Mm -hmm. cope with stress? How do we cope with anxiety? How do we cope with this anger beyond substance use or beyond that kind of immediate gratification or release that you're discussing? And that takes practice. And it's especially Mm -hmm. hard to practice those skills or to really gather those skills when we're already in the midst of this stressful kind of spiral almost.
0: Yeah, Uh also, so we might have some healthy coping strategies already. So maybe for us, healthy coping strategy could be playing sports. And being part of the team, or maybe a healthy coping strategy for us is socializing with our friends and talking about what we're experiencing. And a lot of universities are going back to school online. So there's going to be that lack of social element and building that social circle to create that healthy coping strategy. There might be a lot of sports or gym and things like that cancelled or paused or postponed because of safety concerns and things like that. So it's really hard and and also easy to understand why we might start leaning more into those unhealthy coping strategies. And you know, when we're saying unhealthy coping strategies, things like using substances, because maybe the ones that we use that are good for us and helpful for us, maybe we can't use them right now. Maybe they're not accessible mm-hmm.
1: to us right now. Yeah. Or mm-hmm, we can't yeah. use them in the same way that we usually do, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. And then when you're already, you know, stressed and like not feeling good, it's so hard to get the motivation to be like, I'm going to go learn a healthy coping strategy today. Like that's not where our brains frequently go. It's like, we just kind of recognize that we're in this state of like distress and we just have this reaction to be like I need to fix this. I need to you know, stop feeling like this. And so, I mean, for me, like I, a lot of, you know, what I do comes from a substance use lens Um, You know, simply because that's sort of the counseling services that I provide. But I think there's an added concern with substance use right now because we're seeing, you know, higher anxiety, higher anger and all that stuff, which tends to drive people towards substance use. But we're also seeing that substance use is becoming riskier because of the circumstances that we're in right now. So like vaping was, I mean, and still is a massive concern, a massive health concern at this time you know, if you're, let's say, like, sharing vapes between each other, which is super common with youth, you know, that increases the risk of spreading COVID. Not even to mention that this vaping or smoking itself can, you know, be really hard on the lungs, which means that if you were to contract COVID, you're not going to have as easy time of, like, recovering from it as somebody who doesn't smoke. And then frequently we see substance also lower the immune system. You know, in the best of times, it makes it easier for you to, um, you know, let's say, get a, cold or get a flu or something like that and so I think there's been a lot of substance use that I've seen with the youth that I've worked with that is because of them trying to cope and you know there's not even really a thought about this could actually be something that increases my risk level for what's happening right now and you know because we're just quite desperate I think for ways to to cope and you know when a lot of our normal ones have been taken away then again it's like what what do we do with that? first thought I don't think is going to be to be like I think I'm going to try meditating today like it's awesome (laughs) if that is your thought that's wonderful but that's hard to do I think That's such an interesting
1: point, and I've never really thought about it in that way. How, if we are young or we're youth, how do we have maybe those conversations with our parents or our support system if we are tending to use substances more? And if we're kind of in that parent role or maybe in that supporter role, how do we have those honest and open conversations with the youth, like our youth that we're supporting around increased substance use, maybe that they might see at school with their friends or with themselves?
2: The, the first hurdle, I think, when it comes to having those conversations is that because substance use in youth is, you know, typically seen as something that they're not supposed to do and that they can get in trouble for it. So that really tends to limit how much a youth is willing to talk about it because they're worried that if they even if they are concerned about how much they're using, they're worried that if they disclose that that they're gonna be met you know not with support and not with compassion but with consequences. Mm. And then what can happen then is that if that is how they're met, then those consequences can frequently cause more stress, which can then drive them towards you know using more because they need to cope with that somehow. Oh, so yeah I, yeah, and so. It's a really vicious cycle. But then, on the other hand, if you're a parent or somebody in the school, it's hard not to meet them with consequences because they are doing something that they're, you know, potentially not supposed to be doing. And so, I think that a lot of it has to come down to like to healthy boundaries, and then but also coming at it from a from a supportive kind of place because yeah they're doing something that they're not supposed to do and it's it is important that if they're that they know that if you know if they're at home and the parent doesn't want them you know say smoking cannabis at home you know it's important that they know that that's that they've crossed the boundary but I think the conversation really needs to then be focused on like what's going on what is the driving force to you going towards using this substance and then how can we get support for you I love that so so for me I mean like it's, it's kind of fortunate because when youth get referred to me, like I have that whole confidentiality thing. And obviously I'm coming at it with like a very, you know, non-judgmental and accepted, accepting and supportive kind of lens. And so it's a little bit easier for them, I think, to frequently like be quite open with me about what they're using. But it's harder for, for others when they don't have that safety of knowing that, oh, this person legally can't tell anybody because that's not the case with everybody obviously but I think it's important that we address you know and this is kind of the same for mental health is that what's triggering the need to use and how can we address that need rather than just trying to get you to stop using substances because if we just take a substance away and we don't provide any coping strategies or we don't support their recovery then it's not going to stick because they're just going to look for something else that does the same thing. And they will not have gained any tools to help themselves along the way either.
1: So how do youth get referred to you, Cassie, in the schools?
2: Um, My program is actually very easy to refer to, which is really cool. So either what happens is that the school can refer directly to me if it comes to their attention that a youth is using substances and so it can come then from the school if the youth consent it can actually also come from anybody so i've had youth who've heard that i'm in in their school self-refer so they'll just come and find my office and just say hi and be like hey can i talk to you a little bit parents can parents can refer really anybody can the difficulty again is that barrier of especially with youth not wanting to like go find and ask somebody where the addictions counselor is, because I mean, if you're self-referring, then, you know, whoever you've asked now knows that you use substances, which is a really scary thing, but also very courageous when I've had youth do that. I think it's really cool if, you know, they're able to, but if there are parents who are concerned about their child's use, we're trying to get out the message a little bit more that parents can also refer if their youth consent, especially when, schools were shut down because I think that, you know, when it comes to mental health and substance use in general, it can be hard to know where to start and where to actually find the supports that you need, let alone just kind of coming to a place of realizing that you want to get support.
0: Well, I think what's really important about that is just acknowledging that we don't have to manage everything on our own. We don't Mm -hmm. have to manage our anxieties. We don't have to manage our stresses. We don't have to manage our unhealthy coping strategies. We don't have to do any of it on our own and be this incredibly strong resilient human who just takes everything on on their own and manages it well in fact Mm -hmm. it's actually something incredibly strong and a very resilient act to seek out support from others whether that is um, as a young person seeking out support for themselves whether that's a parent realizing that actually they're not it's not their area of expertise and understanding to be able to support their child or they a young person with what they're managing Mm -hmm. it's just really important to know that we actually there's support out there to help us find these new coping strategies and help us understand why maybe we're either using substances or feeling stress feeling anxiety
1: maybe why we are acting with a lot of anger and frustration and it's even more important to recognize that we have those resources available to us during COVID, during this time, because like we've mentioned throughout this conversation, there's so much more on everyone's plate right now. So if you were struggling with maybe balancing everything that you're dealing with in your everyday life, now there's a lot of extra things added and It is maybe time to reach out for some support. I know that when I was in middle school and also high school, I really struggled with anxiety and really struggled with depression. And I wish that I knew the resources that were available to me or maybe that I just Mm -hmm. heard from someone who was my age or maybe even heard from a counselor that, you know, this is normal. Come and talk to me. You're not going to get in trouble so Cassie, mm-hmm. maybe for any of those youth that are listening to this podcast right now, what would you, what would you say to them if they are uh, struggling right now to, and to try to get someone to reach out?
2: I think what I would probably say is just that, I mean, I think for one thing, because youth and really every person has a a lot of expectations and a lot of you know, guidelines placed upon them that especially when you're using substances, it can be it can feel really hard to feel like you're doing okay and that you're actually like meeting what people expect of you and, and just that you are doing okay in the world. I think it's so easy, especially when you're young to feel like I' like a lot of guilt over using substances or feel generally you know bad kind of about where you are in life. But I think it's so important that we acknowledge that they're really doing the best that we can right now. And given you know the circumstances, you know, even just outside of Covid, like everybody has had something that's happened to them that's hard in life and has impacted the way that they are able to live now. And so although you know there's these expectations, we also need to take into account, where we are and what we've experienced in life. And, you know, somebody getting an A-plus in school might be, like, super awesome for that person, but somebody else who's getting a C, maybe that's awesome for them, given what they've experienced. And so there needs to be that acknowledgement of that. You're doing as well as you can, and that's okay. But also to note that there that it is helpful to seek support like especially when you are using substances because quitting is hard like quitting is really hard when especially when you come to rely on a substance and when you don't really know how then it's especially hard when you don't have support around it and so it can kind of feel like a bit of a dead end I think when you come to rely on a substance because even if you want to quit frequently you feel like feel like you're going in the opposite direction than where you want to be going, but it's important to know that I think that getting support can be so beneficial and even just to feel like somebody like is willing to listen and accept you and support where you're at. But also to know that, you know, whether whatever it is you're struggling with, or whether it's substance use, mental health, past trauma, that you know, you're not this isn't gonna be what it is forever. And that that there are people out there who want to support and help and totally will be able to support and help and so I think that acknowledging that and making sure that that's understood is probably the probably one of the best things I could I could offer to a youth or to really anybody that's you know going through a really hard time right now.
0: Uh, Yeah that's great Cassie thank you so much for sharing that I think that will mean a lot to a lot of people listening to that of like it's okay to be where I'm at
1: yeah, I wish I would have heard something like that when I was in middle school or high school. Or you know what? Sometimes even now I need to hear yep. things like that. Yeah. Um, it's not even when you're when you're young, and I mean, I still consider I'm st- still considered a young person, and yeah, I need to hear that occasionally. And then there's the other Mm -hmm. side of the coin. I think I don't remember what podcast episode it was, but we did do a podcast about um, communication and how to have those conversations around mental health and start a conversation if we're concerned about a friend or a family member and, you know, how we can really also advocate for someone to seek Mm -hmm. out some supportive resources. So if anyone is interested in that, please do go back through our episodes and check that out. I think it was episode five. But it has been absolutely wonderful to have you on the podcast today, Cassie. Thank you so, so much for all of your wisdom and coming on and chatting with us. We really appreciate it.
2: Yeah, well, it is seriously my pleasure. And like I said before, just that I am in all of the middle schools in Kelowna, and I'm, like, always happy to talk. If there is a middle school youth that would like to talk, they can always come seek me out. Um, We also have, like, drug and alcohol counselors and or uh, mental health counselors through ARC that are in the high schools too. So this is a resource available there. And then we also have mental health counselors in many of the elementary schools. And even if that's not the resource that you know that works or that is accessible right now, although we certainly try to make our um, resources as as accessible as possible. Like there are plenty of resources out there. Uh, like you guys do CMHA. I like on your website, you have a ton of resources available for people to to look for and find. Kelowna Community Resources, another great one, because they also have their like crisis line that can help connect people to support. The Foundry is another great one. Really, there's so much help out there. It's just about hopefully getting to a place where you can seek it out because it's so so important that it's done and I think especially right now so that's that's kind of the message I'd like to leave off with but thank you guys so much for having me seriously it's been great to chat with you guys a little bit this morning
0: yeah honestly thank you so much and Um, Like you say, you mentioned quite a lot of amazing resources um, local here in the Okanagan. Um, So what we will do as well to save people having to seek out those resources is we will collate a bit of a list of different places where you can reach out and seek support. So then it's all in one place and that'll be in the episode description.
1: As well as some informational pages about what the current regulations and guidelines are regarding COVID in the school systems within Kelowna, the Okanagan, and the larger BC area. Um, So we will link those as well. Thank you again so much, Cassie, and thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, We hope that everyone has an amazing week. It's Monday, so enjoy the rest of your week. Hopefully the smoke will clear out in the Okanagan and we'll get some sunshine. Bye. Thanks for listening.
2: Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.